Hi, I'm Roxanne Serta, and I'm the Acquisitions Editor for CNT Publishing. I've been acquiring books for nearly 20 years, and the past seven of those have been here at CNT. Through my job, I get the privilege of meeting countless designers, authors, and industry professionals who all do amazing things with their creativity. I'll be bringing some of those quilting and stitching personalities to this podcast to share their amazing stories and insider information. Download the latest episodes and get to know great crafters, learn the backstories behind events and people, and hear funny stories from people living the crafty life. Hi, I'm here with Geraldine Jones. Today, she's a retired geriatric social worker, an avid quilter, and the author of a popular series of Quilting Cozy Mysteries. Carol, thank you so much for setting aside time to talk. Well, thank you, Roxanne, for inviting me. I always enjoy talking about my books and my characters. I've I've had fun talking with you, so I just wanted to share that a little bit with the listeners because some of them might not have read one of the novels yet, uh, and I think they're missing out. Um, so I wondered, like, when did you decide first that you really wanted to write a novel? You know, I had characters and plots rattling around in my head, I think my whole life, but I had a family, I had a full-time job, I went to school at night, I was always busy, and I made time for reading, but I never made time for writing. So I wrote my first novel after I retired, I was 75 years old. All right, well, and I know too that your um, the job you retired from has influenced your writing, so can you tell us a little bit about your previous day job? Right. Uh, in my job, I was a geri- I am a retired geriatric social worker. Um, I worked for the state of, of Maryland, and I worked in the welfare office. And my clients were all elderly, mostly in their 80s and 90s. They were in their community, in their homes, and my job was to assess and reassess their needs and plug in services so that hopefully they could stay in their home and not have to go to a nursing home any sooner than necessary. So my time was spent with elderly folks. Well, did that, did that career and your experience with that population influence what you chose as like the setting and your characters? Absolutely, it did. I mean, we all know, ideally, you write about what you know. And that's what I know. I, my, my grandparents raised me. I lived in, with them until I was a young teen. And then went right into gerontology and and working with elderly folks. So, yeah, that influenced my decision to write about, have at least have my characters be elderly. There was a personal reason, too. And that was the fact that, as a reader, I was really getting tired of never reading about someone that's my own age. I I certainly understood the problems of the younger folks, the dating and the young families and, and looking for the perfect mate and all that. But, you know, that was far behind me. I'm at a new place in life. And I figured there must be a lot of other people that felt that way, that would like to read books with, with elderly characters, aging characters, retired folks. Well, and I think that's true. And, you know, you chose to set the series in a retirement community. Um, is there a reason that you selected, you know, a retirement community as the main character's home base? Well, I wanted most of my characters to be elderly, and I knew that's where they would be. My first attempt, I had Sarah doing volunteer work in a nursing 
but it became very clear very quickly that that was going to be a very depressing book and it never would have become a series. So I, it just so happens at that very time, I was looking at retirement for these mines. I was looking for a place to move, get out of the city into a, a quieter place. So it just worked out. I decided that that's what, where I wanted to place my book and my character. Well, and so Sarah is your main character um, in, the, in the entire series. And she, of course, it's her story from book to book. But how did Sarah come to be the main character? I'm not sure that I ever planned that. I started out writing Sarah's first day in the retirement home. She hadn't wanted to go there. Her children hadn't. She was sitting among her stuff and looking around, and uh, she wasn't real happy about it. But she got to know the lady across the street, and that person got her involved in some of the activities. And I don't know, she just kind of was moving along with the story and meeting other people. And it got to a point where Sarah seemed to be the glue that was holding the book together. So I just stuck with Sarah, her her best friend, Sophie, and a gentleman friend, a retired policeman, uh, Charles, are permanent main characters. <laughs> they, they, they run through the whole book. I bring in other characters in each book who come and go. And of course, Sarah has children, and Sophie has children, and they come and go as well. But those three are my main characters. Yeah, I mean, from reading them, I wouldn't have imagined that she, after the story started, but I feel like you had mentioned that at one point, and I found it very interesting that the story started, and then it kind of developed from there. I thought that was fun. It did develop from there. I had no plans for a series. I never expected it to be more than one book. But it, it, it just grows. Well, in 10 stories in, it's most definitely a series. <laughs> but one of the things that struck me when we first talked is that you wanted the issues that the characters in the stories encountered to be real. Um, and for the way that they ended up overcoming those issues within the story to actually be helpful to your readers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I wanted my books to be fun. I wanted them to be enjoyable, and but I also wanted them to be helpful. Old age is really, it can be a very stressful and sad time. There's a lot of loss. You know, you're losing, your friends are dying, your spouse may die, you've lost your job, your income's down. You can be pretty sad. Um, some people just curl up in a chair and wait to die. I wanted to show people dealing with those issues and dealing successfully with them. I wanted to to make as much fun as I could. Sophie helped me with the fun. Sophie <laughs> was always keeping people in stitches. But I wanted to bring in Alzheimer's and dealing with it. I've had people whose husbands had Alzheimer's and, and they're dealing with it. I wanted to show people making good decisions about the issues of aging. And also, I wanted to show people doing things that can lead to their own happiness, making friends, learning new things, being involved in the community, and um, friends primarily, just not isolating. Yeah, well, I also noticed that in addition to that more, I don't want to say general advice, because it's not really um, general mm -hmm. advice, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of really practical information in the books as well like I've seen characters um, 
try to deal with issues like identity theft and and things yes. and there's a lot of really practical information in there yes. yes on that is that part of what you were looking to do with the series absolutely i absolutely and yet i never wanted it to be preachy i don't i don't write much narrative almost my books are full of conversation so these things are taught by one person telling it to another person um but yes that was definitely a a a, a goal of mine well and i know too you've you've told me that some one of the things you find most rewarding about the the work you've put into your novels is the reader emails that you get um so what is it about those that contact from the reader <laughs> I love hearing from my readers and I get a lot of emails and a lot of them are from elderly people thanking me for writing about elderly people. I also, one thing I get a kick out of is the people that have taken up quilting. I've got at least a dozen emails from people who have taken up quilting because Sarah and Sophie made it so easy. Um, one person said, she, I, I'll quote her, she said, I told myself that if Sophie can do it, I can do it. I, I also like the fact that, that my readers seem to be friends with my characters. They, they talk about them like they're friends of theirs. I like that. It is. They do actually really do come to life. Um, well, I know, and writing is rarely easy, um, even when you're just trying to type up something pretty instructional. So, I'm sure writing fiction is even more challenging. Is there, what's the worst issue you've encountered while trying to write your novels? You know, I really don't have any worst issues. I, I write, I write, well, I don't want to sound like, like I hear voices. I don't hear voices, but <laughs> my characters seem to talk to me. I feel their conversation and I sit down and I write it out. If I don't feel that, I'm not, I don't write. So this thing about writer's block, I mean, I never have that because if, I, if I'm not writing, I'm quilting or playing with my dogs. I, so I really have never run into, I just love writing. I really love being with my characters. Well, have any of your characters surprised you? Oh, have they surprised me? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Like I say, they talk to me, but I'm, I'm sitting there. One Here's one example. I was sitting there typing away. Charles is telling Sarah some good news. They found the car that had been missing. And then my fingers typed. What he didn't tell her was that there was a body in the trunk. And I said, what? Out loud. <laughs> I remember that part of the book, too. It's I had funny. no idea there was going to be a body in the trunk. <laughs> the That's a surprise. Sophie said one time, I think I'm in love. And I said again, what? Sophie wasn't even seeing anybody. So I had to go back and do some rewriting. If she's in love, I've got to have her meet somebody and go out with them. But yeah, they surprised me. Oh, that's part of the fun, I would imagine. That's the fun of it. Well, These and with are my friends, you know, they are my friends. Yes. Well, but with ten books in this series now, it seems like at some point it must be a little difficult to remember all of the various relationships, the relatives, and the secondary characters. <laughs> well, I fortunately thought of that ahead of time. So, with the first book, I started a separate document where I have 
everybody's name and a little bit about them. I also figure out from their age what year they were born so I can track of how old they are at any point. And I have kept that going. It's now pages and pages long. I have it um, divided by book, but it's all in one document so I can do a search. Now, recently, a friend of mine was reading book, a book that I was working and she said, wait a minute, you're saying here that Andy is an only child. What about his sister? Well, it turned out she had just read book. And there was, in fact, a sister. And I had slipped my mind. So I went back to my document, and sure enough, there was the sister. Oh, and, that's fun. Yeah, but, but that's the way I do it, and I, I think that's very important. Um, and I know that because I run into, I read a lot of series, and I run into inconsistencies. Uh, you know, like, no, no, that, that did not happen. Or no, that person wouldn't be that old already. So <laughs> I know that it's important. It's about the only planning that I do, though, is that I don't, uh, I don't really plan out my stories. I have a general idea of um, the issues I'm going to deal with. I know the quilt I'm going to use that I make for the cover and that Sarah makes in the book. But yeah, well, I don't have an outline. I don't. Um, I don't outline the book. I just kind of let it tell itself. Is it? Well, and I feel like I would need a wall chart the size of my living room to keep track of it all. But um, what what made you choose quilting as kind of one of the common themes that binds all of the books together? Well, going back to what I said earlier about writing what you know, quilting is the other part of my world, a big part of my world, and. Um, so I knew it was going to be in book one because Sarah found ties of her deceased husband and she wanted to make a quilt. Of course, she didn't know how to quilt. So that led her to a quilt class. And of course, the quilt class led to a quilt club. And first thing you know, <laughs> it's quilting all the way through. Sophie doesn't understand why in the world Sarah would spend her time that way. But Sofa, Sarah got Sophie to quilting. So well, next thing totally, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sophie discovered a uh, featherweight used books in a used um, store one time. So that got her going with quilting. That would be encouragement, I have to say. <laughs> um, so how long have you been quilting yourself? I have been quilting for, well, uh, that's hard to say. Uh, I would think maybe 30 years, 35 years. I had, um, it was when I was working and our secretary used to bring in these little um, Tupperware bags, boxes with pieces of fabric and a needle and thread in it. And in meetings and spare time, she was working away at this. And I ultimately asked her if I could commission, if I could commission a quilt. And she said, oh, I'll teach you how to make one. I said, no, 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 I could never make a quilt. But I commissioned her to make a quilt, but she insisted I go with her to pick out all the fabric. And then I go with her to quilt shows that I pick my pattern. And the first thing you know, I said, wait a minute, I think I could do this. <laughs> she said, I've been telling you that, Carol, for two years. <laughs> and I have been quilting ever since. She was a wonderful teacher because she's a perfectionist. Boy, I did more taking out than putting in. Well, but I bet it's a great first quilt. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Well, and what's your what's your personal quilting like now? Like what what form of quilting do you enjoy the most? I have always enjoyed the old-fashioned patterns, the traditional patterns, the old fabrics, feed sack fabric and civil war reproduction fabric. Um 
I quilt by machine. I, I piece by machine, but I don't know. Recently, I've kind of gotten into some handwork. I've been working with hexagons and doing those by hand, and that's kind of fun. So I'm learning that, still using pretty traditional fabrics, though. I'm working on a possibly on a grandmother's flower garden. I may not have enough years left to finish it, and it it may end up being a placemat instead of a quilt. But I'm having fun with it. Well, and that's that's the whole point, right? Yes. Um, so is there anything about you or thing that you think would surprise your readers? Well, about me, things about me that would surprise readers. I suppose most people know I'm in my 80s because I mention that frequently. Um, they probably would not know that I was born in Paducah, Paducah Kentucky before it became the quilt capital of the nation. My grandfather used to take me to the fish market, which is now the uh, in the same location as the quilt museum. I think something that would surprise them a lot about my writing would be that I never know who did it in any of my books. I don't know who the who committed the crime until I'm about three quarters of the way through the book. Really? Yeah. And I think that's the reason people can never figure out who did it, because I didn't know it, so I sure wasn't dropping any hints. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All the little uh, attempts at, or, you know, suspects that get in there, they just turn into red herrings. And one of them I will pick to actual criminal, but I have no idea. So it comes as a surprise to me. Three quarters of the way through, when I realize who who did it, I go, I stop, and I write the last two chapters just to tie that down. Then I go back and fill in. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting that you kind of don't know before the reader might start to figure it out either. Right, right. I think that's why no one is ever able to guess, and my endings are surprises because they were a surprise to me too. Well, I have to say that one of the things I like best about working with you is that you do always surprise me. Um, <laughs> this this summer was no exception. Um, when you and I first spoke, and it wasn't really that long ago, it was within the last couple of years, you felt like you were done with the series. Um, and then the last time we talked... Uh, Prior to this summer, you said you were maybe thinking about considering the 11th novel in the series, but you just kind of maybe thinking about it. I shouldn't get my hopes up for it or anything. And maybe like a couple months later, you turned in the whole manuscript. (laughs) Yes, yes. So it seems to came together really quickly for you. Well, I will tell you that all of my friends say the same thing. What my friends say, I get... When I finish a book and I say, that's it, I'm not writing anymore, I really mean it because I've spent too much time at the computer. I've not been with real people. I've been with fictional people on my computer. I want to get out and smell the roses and get some exercise. So I say, no more, not writing anymore. And now they just nod their head and say, oh, <laughs> sure you're not. <laughs> because within a few months, I'm working on another book. Um, and Generally, they do go very quickly. The first 10, I was doing about two a year. Oh, wow. Have slowed, uh, I've slowed down with that. This one didn't seem to be all that slow unless you were working on it and I didn't know. Yeah, I probably was working. We weren't in communication there for a while. I was probably working. Probably. Well, now I'll know. Now I'll know just to kind of wait and see. 
<laughs> um, well, I and, actually, I actually wrote one that I had, I got all the way up to the, like the, the middle of the book and I ended up deleting the whole thing. So, you know, sometimes I'm writing and, and it's just not it. There's no, this is not it. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So it's better if we don't know, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and so for, for anybody who hasn't yet read the series um, or, or picked up one of the books, um, do, do the books need to be read in order? Well, I'll tell you, each book can stand alone, but there is a backstory. Relationships are developing. At the first book, the first book introduces the whole concept of what's going on, and the people are getting to know each other, and, and they're growing personally through the books. So if you don't read them in order, you're missing that backstory. But they do stand alone as far as, um, you know, I never talk about somebody that I don't at least give a couple of sentences of who that person is, but I do not retell their story because I don't like that when I'm reading. And and I've already read all the books up to that point, and, and the author chooses to retell all the stories. So, yeah, you get the most out of it reading them in order, and you can read them one at a time in any order. Well, so I guess we, we should tell people that if you want to catch up, um, you should probably start now, because this is the first time when this podcast episode releases, this is the first time people will know that book 11 is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, and share any at all about the, the upcoming book. Do I want to share anything about the upcoming book? Did you say yep. that? Yes. Well, I can say that I'm introducing a new character who is named Austin Bailey, and he is a very famous country singer, country music singer, and he's from Sarah's Sophie's hometown in Missouri. The name of the book is Missouri Stars. Beneath Missouri Stars, there's a Missouri Star quilt on the for the cover, and um, Sarah makes the quilt in the book. And I don't think I want to say any more about it. Okay, I'm I will ready. say. Well, the only thing I would add is that the book will be available in May 2020. Oh, okay. Yes, I mean I, that that way people kind of know when to look for it. Um, by the time people are listening to this podcast episode, they should be able to go ahead and place for the book. Right. Okay. Well, and so the only other thing I wanted to ask is where can readers find you to keep up on the latest in the series? I would say through my website slash blog, which is one thing, caroldeanjones.com. You go there. If you sign up to follow my blog, uh, you will get all the information about upcoming books, but also pictures of the quilts I'm working on and little stories about my puppy dogs. It's a way to keep in touch. I don't inundate people's uh, inboxes with uh, emails. I only write a blog maybe twice a month, but that's they can also email me anytime um, at quiltingcozy, quiltingcozy at gmail.com. I love hearing from readers, and I answer all my emails myself. This is Roxanne Serta. Thanks for listening to Behind the Scenes. Want to know more about our outstanding group of authors and their books? Visit us online at CT Publishing on Instagram, Twitter, our CNT Publishing channel on YouTube, or on our website at ctpub.com.